St. Louis, Missouri. It's Keys to Lost, a weekly podcast dedicated to the ABC television series Lost, hosted from a musician's perspective by keyboardists Matt Murdock and Leslie Sanazaro Santi. And now, here's Matt and Leslie. And welcome to Keys to Lost, a weekly podcast dedicated to ABC Television's Lost, hosted from the musician's perspective. I'm one of those musicians. My name is Matt Murdock. I'm a keyboard player in the St. Louis area. Today, I am not joined by Leslie Santi, my lovely co-host, a singer, songwriter, and piano player in her own right, because she is en route to Denver with her husband. They are attending a writing convention. Her husband's a really good writer, and he is uh, being part of a writer's convention in Denver. And so we wish them a safe trip. She will return, and as a result of her being gone, we're actually going to record our review of Happily Ever After in two parts. We're going to just cover the three words and feedback today because we've received so much in terms of the three words and the feedback from you all, and we appreciate that very much, that I'm just going to record reading that stuff off and giving the thoughts about the feedback. And later on this week, we will then record, Leslie and I will record our segments like the initial reactions, the key scene discussion, the theories, and of course the Giacchino moment. So look for a second episode for Happily Ever After coming up later on in the week. And with that, why don't we get into this episode, Happily Ever After, episode 11 of season 6. It is Desmond Centric, written by Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse, and directed by Jack Bender. Here's our three words. So what should I know, brother? You haven't spoken three words to me, and Three words. So, three words. Well, my three words is pretty explanatory, and that is Desmond Shows Us. And I want to congratulate Andrew, who won the Folded Sand Demo MP3s, for guessing my three words. He guessed it within like ten minutes. Desmond Shows Us basically sums up the episode in a whole. It, it says that Desmond shows us what the X timeline is in a way. He shows us that there can be a connection between the two worlds. And I think that that's uh, all that needs to be said, really. Leslie came up with three very interesting words. Uh, She says, Desmond understands purpose, which is kind of what I'm saying. But I think she goes, she's going a little deeper here. And she's saying that Desmond has become aware of both timelines in both timelines, which is another thing we'll discuss in the feedback. Let's hear some tweets from folks. Lostfan815k says... Flashback inside, flash sideways. JHMed00 says, Love bridges timelines, or love conquers alt. I like that. Texas Jeepus, you felt it. Lost Star Wars, not Penny's boat. Methodic John, show them, Desmond. I hope I don't butcher this name. This may be the first time I've had to read it. Marianegi says, Desmond is key. Justin Key says, Season's best episode. I already did. 
It's about time. Desmond Centric defines quality. Molly Faraday says, Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. Yes, Molly Faraday, we're happy that you got your Daniel. Alias Girl 23 says, Loves the key. Must watch again. Desmond never disappoints. Total game changer. I have chills. Happy Being Busy Mom says, Sideways have meaning. Sunlock says, My head blown. Charlie gone nuts. Desmond gone nuts. Charles, Mr. Smiles. Yellow Rose says, Desmond is special, or true love lives. Blost815 says, you got Faraday'd. I like that one. Bruna Black says, crazy episodes equals Desmond. Skytweet, tremendous, legendary, perfect Charlie stuff. Bill Kava, Desmond's Mr. Cooperative. Eloise likes alt, geophysicist slash nurse. <laughs> Very good, Bill. Big Daddy STL 06, that's Big Daddy Des from right here in St. Louis. You can check his blog, bigdaddystl.wordpress.com. Aren't limos awesome? Great. Katie Gallon, that's Katie from the What Katie Said podcast. You can find that blog, whatkatiesaid.wordpress.com. Most emotionally affecting. Much Desmond love. Whatever you need. Endless course correction. Whose plans this? Very good question there. Jed Finley from Losties with Jed and Kara. Of course, our buddies from Iowa at Losties with Jed and Kara. Hi, Jed and Kara. Losties with Jed and Kara blogspot.com is where you can find their blog. want to thank them for putting my Abby Turno uh, little compilation video on their video overload, which was uh, a couple of episodes back for them. Check them out on iTunes or, again, their blog, Losties with Jed Kara blogspot.com. Bravo Jack Bender. Yeah. I thought Bender did a great job directing this episode, too. Thank you, Jed. Flash Sideways says, When worlds collide, go hex the wolf. Hex timeline making sense. Desmond finally important. Faraday's a Widmore. And After Lost, that's the afterlost.com, after-lost.com. Their new podcast. They are new to the LPN, too. Welcome to the LPN, guys. Uh, they say, Near Life Experience. Which is very clever, very good. Leah, 3318, not Penny's boat, or Eloise knows everything. Yeah. Lost, 4815162342, never doubt Darleton, slang brother Desmond, Alba Gubroth. Very good, very good. Lost fan, 815K, also says, Desmond didn't disappoint. Samantha739 says, Twitchy meets Desi. Bob0680 says, Minkowski likes hookers. Nice hat Faraday. Eloise knows something. Excited for Tuesday. Yeah, me too. Corwell says, Drive shaft forever. Hospital get-together. Not Penny's car. Love conquers all. Des is Cupid? Sideways. Finally good. Nice hat Daniel. Very good. L. Davidson 02 says three words from my wife, not Penny's boat, and it's about time. Double entendre intended. Very good. Guns McCarty says dual flash brooch. <laughs> Lost fangirl says Daniel Faraday Widmore. Fizzlehoff says Desmond Island Rabbit and not Penny's boat. 
I like Desmond Island Rabbit. That's very good. Weef L. Feeling the Love. Glenn Ewing, who is an honorary co-host of the Lost Revisited Now. Uh, He's the resident Star Wars fan and Hawthorne fan. Hey, Glenn. uh, Thanks for coming on the Lost Revisited Now 100th episode during the initial reaction for this episode. Uh, He says, Sideways got important. Or, I it's McCutcheon. Yes, yes, very good. The Lost Nerd says, Desmond Hart's Penny, Happily Ever After, Love Conquers All. Fly Ajira Airways says, Desmond David Hume, Holy Freaking Crap, Lost is Love, Screw You Faraday, I mean Widmore. What the blank? All right. Ms. Wright says, Conscious Altering Love, and We Felt It. And then on behalf of her friend Scott, she says, his three words are beginning, middle, and end. Very good. Lost Beetle's Beaks. Love Conquers All. Not Penny's Boat. Eloise is Frightened. Dave M.N. I guess it's Dave Minnesota. Desmond Quantum Leaps. I like that too. Lost Dogs 20. Let Love Rule. Thanks, Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> uh... Sharp Cheddar, that's Denise from the Jacob's Cabin Podcast. You can find that at jacobscabinpodcast.com. Love, 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 like the chorus for All You Need Is Love by the Beatles. Very good. Terra Star 412, love conquers all. We're getting that a lot. Max Hedrum 6, nosebleeds return. One huge MRI, won't sleep tonight. Very good. Dwinsel says... Desmond's Quantum Leap. Another Desmond's Quantum Leap. Very good. Ray62 says, Widmore's Rat Desmond. Ooh, I like that too. Dano at Large. Desmond Felt It. Sci-Fi Horror Film says, Love Conquers Time. Cute Poison 10. It's about bunnies. You all, everybody. Not Penny's Boat. My head hurts. Lost is awesome. Thank you, Cute Poison 10. Henry Haney says, catastrophic electromagnetic event. That little imp says, no, Saeed, no. Gareth UK says, what just happened? Lindsay Amanda says, Daniel frickin' Widmore. Loved that twist. Snazu says, I felt it. Beethoven says, Saeed spares scientists. Desmond drives dangerously. Faraday's funky fedora and Charlie's wild ride. Faraday's Funky Fedora. I love that. That's great. T-I-W-W-H. That's Wayne Henderson from Lost Casting with Wayne and Dan. You can catch their podcast at MediaVoiceOvers.com. Says Hume chases pace. Whimsy and Quirk submits three words saying, Eloise scares me. Love is constant. They're not complete. Super Spandex. You can, of course, check out his video adventures on Losties with Jed and Kara. He submits great videos for there with his girls, so they're awesome. Thank you for submitting, Super Spandex. He says, My constant? Lost. Stardom009 says, Listen to Eloise. Not yet Desmond. Con Artist says, Desmond Hume rocks. Not Penny's boat. Freaky Alt Eloise. Extremely cooperative Desmond. Work. Not pleasure. Interesting. And then uh, another tweet that we got. This is for the package. Uh, this is from Cute Poison 10. Player still boring. Tomato versus tomato. And that's a reference versus, uh, to my complaining about the tomatoes in the initial reaction to the package. 
So thank you, Cute Boys and Tin. Let's get into some emails. Sawyer's a little sassafras. Minkowski knows prostitutes. McCutcheon Worthy Desmond. Great job, Darleton. Faraday writes in, Bloody hell, brother. Ileana says, Not Penny's boat. Daniel Widmore? Huh? Yeehawat from Singapore. Thanks for submitting three words from Singapore. Neck-breaking Saeed. Whitmore's equals modern Hanzos? Amy says, Please stay, Faraday. Friggin' Italian, and you can catch his videos also on Losties with Jed and Kara. Very agreeable Desmond. Hawking still knows. Love bleeds through. Two timelines converge. Finally, some payoff. Desmond episodes awesome. Adam from Minnesota says, Multidimensional Scottish traveler. Desmond finds Penny and pseudoscience returns. Another Adam, this one from Toronto, says, Very good episode and too overhyped. Gene in Houston says, Pretty big sub. How much stuff did they fit in that sub? Jen easily persuaded. Widmore's explanations are accepted without much hesitation. And neck-snapping killer. Saeed is a very efficient killer. Thank you, Gene in Houston. Kara G, she's from Canada, and she was the winner of our Three Words contest a couple of weeks ago. She says, Desmond, the game changer. TMG Lost, who has a great haiku blog at tmglost.blogspot.com, says, Love is real and not fade away. Very good. Uh, Gina, and Gina, I want to apologize to you personally. I guess I've missed your tweets somehow. It's, it's some, I get so many tweets in, in the course of a, a evening that sometimes I do miss a couple. So thanks for following up with an email. Gina sends in this email, uh, submission of her three words. Love changes reality. Friendship binds forever. Desmond is dazed. Handshakes jump universes. Car in harbor. Nearly naked Charlie. Very good. Mark B. Desmond, face twitch. I loved that moment. Very good, Mark B. Lottery ticket says, Desmond's the bomb. And Buzzmeg. Hey, Bob, how you doing? Buzzmeg submits three. Love, love, love. Another Beatles shout out. Very good. And Pixie Dust Katie says, soulmates reunite again. Pixie Dust Katie also submitted one for the package. Elijah has returned. Ooh, very good. Uh, this is from Gene in Houston regarding the package. Alternate timeline sluts. First, Charlotte, now son, hopping into bed. Annoying V reminder. That symbol in the lower right reminding us that V follows lost. ABC, please keep us bug-free from now on. Creepy Saeed music. When Saeed tells unlock he doesn't feel anything, the music turns dark. Cheesy music cue. Come on, G. Kino. Ooh. Uh, stunt double chest. There's a close-up when Sun's unbuttoning for Jen that was, say, more bosomy than Sun appears to be. Hmm. And finally, Sam Bishop for the package says, Everything changes now. Let's get into some feedback. Beach issue. I'm sure thinking was a stupid idea. Well, what does that say about you agreeing with me? 
help us figure out something better before we get there. Well, I'm open to suggestions. Feedback. And we got a mountain of feedback this week. Tweets, voicemails, emails, blog comments. Let's start with the tweets. This first one is interesting. Jenny Lynn 13 says, Hey, I just wanted to point out that Des has a wedding band on in the season premiere part one. And that's true, Jenny Lynn. I went back and watched the episode, and when you see him letting Jack into the seat, he's adjusting his jacket. You can clearly see the ring on his finger. There's a couple possibilities for this, I think. Uh, one is continuity error. Uh, somebody, he just happened to wear his wedding ring to the set that day and somebody didn't catch it. That seems pretty much the least likely possibility to me. Um, the second possibility may be that there was some kind of, this was probably filmed in September, October. He's just coming off that whole, uh, lawsuit, Henry and Cusick is. There may have been some deal where he insisted he wear his wedding band uh, in a shot specifically to, to set some kind of point, or maybe his wife insisted. Uh, another possibility might be that we see in this Happily Ever After that Desmond is clearly very much anti-social when he's first coming to work for Widmore, uh, or when he's first coming into L.A. as he's working for Widmore. This seems to indicate to me as a person who doesn't want to be bothered with distractions of of females and what have you. And, and perhaps he wears a wedding ring uh, occasionally in order to deter any women from coming on to him. Uh, just a thought there. So one of those three possibilities. I don't think it's a clue to anything. I don't think it's going to hint at any kind of special plot point or anything like that. It, it's just one of those three things. But thank you very much for the thought, and thanks for pointing it out, because I really didn't notice that until you pointed it out. I had to go back and rewatch LAX Part 1 to see that. Thanks. Uh, Nathaniel Starr says, Damon has said what we are seeing in Season 6 we have seen before but don't recognize it. I theorize that what he means is that what we are seeing now, in other words, the flash sideways, we have seen before. Flashes before your eyes. Uh, Nathaniel Starr, that's an interesting thought, and especially with the whole thing about Eloise seeming to know something, um, it's not a thought, entirely implausible thought because she did seem to know something in, in flashes before your eyes as well. Um, whether they're the exact same, I'm not sure. There's, there seems to be a difference in the level of consciousness uh, for Desmond. Uh, when he goes to the X timeline until he is woke up by Charlie... He doesn't seem to have any knowledge of the prior timeline, whereas in Flashes Before Your Eyes, he seems to get hints of everything right from the very beginning. And so there's a clear difference there, and I'm not sure that it's the same kind of conscious traveling. But you never know. It's an interesting thought and a good theory. And I can't disprove it. I can't prove it either. So stick to it, and we'll see what happens. Yell Rose says, Did it seem to you that Desmond that left with Saeed was Desmond from the LAX world. He seemed way too calm and confident for, quote-unquote, our Des. Hmm, that's an interesting thought, too. Um, I'm wondering if it's not some kind of shared consciousness now, that he has all of the knowledge of the X-Timeline Desmond, and Desmond in the X-Timeline has all of the knowledge of the uh, island Desmond. That way you get both. 
you get uh, when you, and when you have a more complete picture of things, you are going to be more confident. And I I think that's kind of what's going on. But you never know. Uh, it could be a complete switcheroo too. You never know. Uh, good thoughts, Yellow Rose. And now let's move on to a voicemail that we got from Scotty Six regarding the X timeline and regarding happily ever after. Scotty was recently on the Bunny Awards with me for episodes one to six. That's on the Lost Revisited Now feed, misswindy.wordpress.com, or you can catch the Lost Revisited Now page at TalkShoe. And Scotty also has his own podcast, Top Six in Six. You can catch that on iTunes. Let's hear his voicemail. Hey, Matt Leslie, this is Scotty Six in New Jersey on the road this week with hardly any internet, so I'm calling in instead of sending an email. Uh, loved to happily ever after. Matt, I, you were mentioning on the uh, initial reaction last night uh, your thought about love being the key, and I really like that idea. I, I guess my question with it is uh, that it's sort of, there's some questions of who that can affect. I mean, we know we've seen Daniel with Charlotte and Desmond with Penny and Charlie with Claire, and I think we can predict that if we see a Hurley flash sideways, there can be a Libby connection there, and definitely with Sawyer, possibly Juliet. So my question is, though, my two, actually four people, I guess, are Sun and Jin and Jack and Kate. Um, if Jack and Kate were meant to be together or love or whatever that is, then surely bumping into each other on the plane would have sparked something. Maybe it did. Um, I don't know about that. And then Sun and Jin, how does it work with them? I'm, I'm not really questioning your theory because I think it is a hugely important part of it, and I think it, I think it actually is pretty much right. But I'm just wondering how it would work in with those. And then something else I've been thinking about sort of all night is uh, with Hawking or Widmore, I guess now, how does, if her connection to the X timeline is obviously pretty huge and she knows that, does she, I'm pretty convinced that that page that Faraday showed Desmond last night uh, is exactly, like exactly the same page that we saw Caesar with the Hydra Island last season. And the question is, how does that cross over? Um, so that's it. Uh, keep up the good work. I don't think I have three words for this episode. It's maybe holy freaking crap. So anyway, thanks guys. Bye. Okay, thanks, Scotty. That's a great voicemail. Um, yeah, there's there's some things to, to consider about it just being about love. I, I don't think that is actually the total thing. Obviously, Desmond is special because of his ability to survive an electromagnetic event, catastrophic event, as uh, Widmore put it. And I think it was the MRI that more or less woke him up. But I think another thing to find out is that we've seen a demonstration with Desmond in The Constant that the person that seems to connect you in no matter what universe you're in is the person that uh, you tend to be in love with. Uh, in this case, Penny. Now, as far as Jack or Kate or Sun and Jen go, I don't know. Um, maybe Desmond will need to just find a way to convince them. How they'll make the connection, I'm not sure. Leslie seems to think, I think, that it's actually going to be more of a Kate Sawyer connection uh, that's going to happen. But I'm not sure. Um, I think she's I think she's a lot more of a uh, skater than she likes to admit. I am more of a jader. But I don't see how that with Jack and Kate would work, really. Um... Kate and Jack did have the moment in the bath or outside the bathroom in the plane. Um, there was no real clear seeming recognition there. Um, there was a little bit of recognition for Kate when she saw Jack in the mirror, 
in what Kate does, and she turned around to see that Jack was talking on the phone. Not sure if that was meant to mean anything or not. As far as Sun and Jin go, um, that's a tough one. They're in love in both timelines. I don't know that a connection of that type can be made for them. They may have to just be convinced of something, or it may not even matter to them. We're, we're looking at Jen and Sun being in kind of peril right now in the X timeline anyway, with Sun having been shot. So it'll be very interesting to see how that works out. As far as Daniel Faraday's page, yes, absolutely. That was the uh, same page that we've seen in Faraday's journal uh, at the Hydra Island with Caesar and uh, now in Daniel's notebook, ex-Daniel's notebook, Daniel Widmore's notebook, the guy with the funky fedora. I love that. Um, at any rate, yeah, I, how does that cross over? Well, he did say that it was when he saw Charlotte that he started to realize that things were different, and then it was later that evening that he drew that out. So it, it's safe to say that for Daniel, the thing that connected him with that page was love. Um, just like for Charlie, the thing that connects him with uh, Claire was his near-death experience in the plane. So there's there's combinations. I, I think it's it's an emotional response, either fight or flight, or some kind of stress, uh, which may relate to death, uh, for instance, with Charlie and with uh, Desmond underwater, or love, uh, as is the case where he touches Penny that sends him back to the island timeline to where he's most connected to her. Or uh, I guess it could also just be, of course, for Desmond, the electromagnetic event. So there's there's multiple things I think actually at work here, but love does seem to be a common thread through many of them. So we'll see what happens with that. I don't have any other guesses uh, as to how to connect the things. As far as that page itself, uh, I've got some thoughts on that, and you probably heard some of them in the initial reaction. And Leslie and I will be discussing that when we record our theories and answers portion uh, in a future episode this week. Thanks again for the voicemail, Scotty6. Fabulous, fabulous thoughts. Thanks again. And moving on to some emails, uh, we got this from Adam in Toronto, who also submitted three words. He attached this to it. He said, I think that without the hype that this episode received in advance, my three words would have been, holy super episode, or my brain melted. Don't get me wrong, it was a great episode. Without the bar being set so high beforehand, my instant reaction to the episode would have soared. I believe this episode's true greatness will be more evident on rewatch. Yeah, Adam, I think there's a lot of stuff in here that, that have to be kind of absorbed. They have to has to be digested. And uh, I'm still in the process of that myself. Thanks a lot for the thoughts, Adam. This next email comes from Todd, and it's regarding the package. Did you notice when Widmore did his cease-to-be line, he mentioned only female names? Seemed odd to me. Could be something to that. Todd, that's a good point. Uh, I think probably there is something about that. Uh, maybe it's, uh, it, again, it's about love, and since we're in the context of, of mostly males in that situation right there, uh, I think maybe they're they're talking about love and uh, how your love can be affected. He does mention in Happily Ever After things about his son and things like that, so I don't think it's exclusive to females, but I think it was an allusion to love. Thanks for the email. 
This next email comes in from Tara, and uh, it says, My take on the G. Kino moment. Hi, Matt and Leslie. First, I want to say I really love your podcast. I'm currently a sophomore in college majoring in music, so I personally love the G. Kino moments. It's so wonderful to me to listen to my two favorite things, Lost and Music, combined every week. I unfortunately don't have time to rewatch every episode and analyze all the music, but hearing you guys do it for me every week really adds to my enjoyment of both Lost and all the music theory I'm currently learning about. I understand that not everybody is going to get as much out of the analysis as I am, but my personal vote is to keep it just the way it is. Also, on a very random note, I am listening to your package podcast now, and ever since Leslie mentioned Ben's quote about how the last time they saw Richard, he said they were in hell, I haven't been able to get the song Last Time I Saw Richard by Joni Mitchell out of my head. It has nothing to do with Lost except for the title, but it's a really beautiful song, so if you don't already know it, you should give it a listen. Thanks again for the great podcast. Tara. Hey, Tara, thank you very much for those thoughts. Um, you know, I know Leslie is a huge Joni Mitchell fan, so I know she knows the song that you're talking about exactly, I'm betting. I haven't listened to it yet. I will listen to it this afternoon. Thank you very much for the suggestion. Take care. Our next email comes from Dave in Toronto, and the subject is The Package. Hey, Matt and Leslie, when do you guys normally record your weekly show? I was wondering if I had time to submit a question regarding this week's episode. I might not have heard, but do you guys announce deadlines for submitting questions for a particular episode? Okay, Dave, normally we record on Thursday mornings, so you need to submit any questions in by Wednesday evening. I know that for our European friends, that sometimes uh, puts them at odds for getting in questions. But you can submit a question anytime, and we'll try and pick it up the next week if we can, if we're not too overloaded with emails. Uh, let's continue. I took notice of something very interesting during the opening scene, in particular the night vision point of view of MIB's camp. It seemed to me that when the focus turned to MIB, the view started to scramble as in incurring some kind of electromagnetic interference. Or maybe it was just a case of the individuals whose POV we were watching turned off the goggles. Wouldn't it be interesting if MIB put out some kind of magnetic interference? Thanks, guys, and keep up the great work. Stay lost. Dave in Toronto. That's an interesting thought, Dave. I hadn't given much thought to it. Uh, we do know that uh, the smoke monster... Uh, seemingly has some kind of uh, powers and some of the things that we've seen exhibited like him uh, getting Ben's cuffs off of him could be magnetically related so I won't, I won't rule that out I, I tend to think that it's the latter though it's just the guy flipping off his goggles in this case but uh, it may be a visual clue for us in order to understand more about what the smoke monster is who knows thanks again for the email uh, this one is from Sam Bishop regarding the package. Hi, Matt and Leslie. First off, you guys are awesome. Haven't listened to the podcast yet, but just wanted to say I love the episode, The Package. For me, it had a lot of answers. So when Widmore says, everything else I know is a combination of myth, ghost stories, and jungle noises in the night, is it an explanation for the whispers? Hmm. I hadn't really thought about that, Sam. Uh, that's an interesting thought. Uh... I'm not sure where I fall on that yet. I'd have to digest it a little more, but that's a very cool thought about the whispers in the, or jungle noises in the night being the whispers uh, and ghost stories. And perhaps he had maybe that is a way that some of the others get information is through the whispers. Uh, 
I tend to think of the Whispers as more of, I'm kind of with Donald is lost on, on this, and that is that they are a calling card of the others. Um, I'm not sure what kind of mystical uh, things they have to it. I know that people have gone back and analyzed the Whispers and, and heard things you know, about how they're describing what's happening or what's going to happen. I think that's just more or less filler in order to uh, add effect of the whispers at, at any certain point. I, I think they, they just said, well, here's what's happening in the scene. So whisper what's happening in the scene, and that's that, that will be the whisper for that. I, I really don't think it's anything more than that in terms of the effect or its meaning. But as to what the whispers actually are, I still am hoping that we get a more definitive answer about that before Season 6 is up. So thanks very much for the email. Here's an email from Sven Estep from Sweden. Uh, he says, and this is regarding Happily Ever After. Great episode. Hello, great episode and some questions for you. When Desmond survived the experiment, he was obviously a changed man, which surprised Widmore and Zoe a lot. Do you think it's possible that during his blackout, or whatever you want to call it, there is a two-way download between the Desmonds? I believe the sacrifice Widmore was talking about was for Desmond to never see Penny and Charlie again. However, I think the Alt-Desmond downloaded information from I- Island-Desmond and that the Island-Desmond is responsible for the other Desmond to ask Penny for a date. I also think he's responsible for giving the idea to Alt-Desmond to gather the plain people. I don't think Widmore or Nemesis have any idea what Desmond just did since I don't think they know about the other timeline, and thus making a big change to the outcome of the war. I also want your opinion on Mr. Widmore's voice. I love his deep manly voice. He has the kind of voice that I wouldn't mind listening for hours about vacuum cleaners. What's your opinion about Charles's voice? Yeah, I like I like Alan Dale's voice a lot too. I think he's a great actor, and and I I like his voice as well. Uh, back to your stuff about Desmond. That I like that. I like the two way download thing. Um, I I think that that's quite possible. As to uh, the specific circumstances that it generates, I'm not sure yet. Um, you know, but. I think that the reason why we see a really confident Desmond uh, on on the island after the experiment is because he has knowledge of both timelines. And I think the reason why the Desmond who is getting in the car and saying he wants a manifest of the 815ers is because he has knowledge of both timelines as well. So good call on that, Sven. And here's an email from Glenn Ewing, our buddy Glenn, who is on The Lost Revisited now often. He's everybody's favorite Star Wars fan and Hawthorne fan. Uh, catch him often on The Lost Revisited now. You can find them on iTunes. Uh, he says, hey all, still not feeling great, but wanted to get this crackpot thought to you guys. I kind of thought this is where Matt was going on the initial reaction, but I'm not sure. So I'm thinking that the Flash Sideways is like a Matrix-type situation where the people don't realize that it's not reality they are existing in. Perhaps Hawking and Daniel and now Desmond. This is why Charlie thinks he's supposed to be dead and Jack thought he knew Kate and Desmond when he saw them. Kate at the airport, Desmond on the plane. I think that Desmond, via Daniel's conversation and flipping the way he did, now gets it. Desmond is the anomaly the time traveler and could be our neo by that i mean desmond could be the one that breaks everyone out of this loop i'll follow up with thoughts on desmond's book oh okay on the book that desmond was reading glenn uh yeah i'm not 
real sure about uh, it being an exact matrix or anything, but I, I I think that this is a reality that was created. Uh, obviously, it's looking more and more like the reality was created by the bomb. And whether it exists in in some kind of real space or not is a question. I, I'm going to get more into this in a theory section that I record with Leslie later on this week, but that page of Daniel's that says real space imaginary time, I know we talked about the pop explanations of it and, and what it means otherwise, but the way it is explained is that imaginary time is a line that runs perpendicular to real time. And that you can travel along points of imaginary time, which puts you to the left or the right of the real timeline, the way I understand it. And if that is the case, then uh, and maybe Lost is just using this pop explanation in order to deliver their concept of the X timeline. But I, I think that if you're moving along that imaginary timeline to the left or to the right of the real timeline, you are essentially in another reality. But it is not the reality that is the main timeline and there's not that's not a quantum mechanics explanation or anything and it's not meant to be i think it's a storytelling element and i believe that that's probably what they're going for here so good thoughts on that and i'd be interested to hear what your thoughts are about desmond's book uh i'm not real sure about the matrix thing uh, again but i i do uh like the whole thing about uh that page kind of being an explanation for what's going on in the X timeline. And we have an email here from LazyMan9484 regarding Happily Ever After. He says, Something I realized is that Widmore's team had the electromagnetic generator in a wooden box with gaps in it. The machine generated an EMF electromagnetic force of over 300, and somehow all of the surrounding electrical equipment wasn't destroyed. The only way to protect an electrical device from electromagnetism is with a Faraday cage. How a Faraday cage works is the charge on the conductive surface will rearrange themselves until the electric field inside the cage is zero. Since those two huge generators were not in a Faraday cage, I do not see how all the surrounding equipment is still working. Well, uh, there you go. LazyMan9484, thank you very much for that scientific explanation. I, I think pretty much we're at a point now where if you're going to call the smoke monster and, and MIB one and the same, we've pretty much abandoned a lot of science, and uh, we just have to look at it as a storytelling element now. But uh, your, your thoughts are correct and noted, sir. Thank you very much. And I do want to say also thanks to Gary for sending a very nice email to us regarding our podcast and our Gikino moments. I'm not going to read it because it's a little gushing and I don't want to sound like we're bragging about ourselves too much on this podcast during feedback. I like to read negative feedback for the podcast uh, more than I like to read positive feedback because it gives me something to think about. But I do really appreciate, Gary, you writing in and letting us know how you feel about it and uh, about the Gikino moments. And thank you very much. And we hope that you keep listening. Take care. And that wraps up our feedback for this week. Let's get into some closing thoughts. Closing her up. Closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. 
And for just a couple of closing thoughts, I really did enjoy this episode, and Leslie and I will be discussing it more at length together uh, as soon as we can find some time to do a remote recording. As I said before, she's with her husband Lex uh, in Denver uh, at a writer's convention. We wish them both a fun and safe trip and successful trip. And uh, we will uh, record an episode uh, with our usual key scene discussion theories. I'll have my Giacchino moment in it and various things. It'll come out a little later this week or at the beginning of next week. Uh, the Initial Reaction podcast uh, will be hosted on the Keys to Lost feed this week. Uh, we had a great time doing the 100th Lost Revisited episode uh, with Heath and Miss Wendy joined us. And uh, Donald, of course, from Donald is Lost and a slew of great calls. Uh, all for the Initial Reaction Podcast for Happily Ever After. Keys to Lost is a proud member of the Lost Podcasting Network. Get all of your favorite Lost podcasts in one feed at lostcasts.blogspot.